You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Good morning. I am not preaching today, thank God. <laughs> um, but Pastor Todd wanted me to share a story with you. Those of you that said, aw, thank you. <laughs> that warms my heart, but it scares me to death too. <laughs> okay, so in the summer of 2008, um, Todd, Pastor Todd and I had just started dating in May. And um, I got to spend the summer doing clinicals for nursing school. <laughs> and so uh, where I spent my clinicals, it was a fairly easy summer, but there was some pretty significant things that happened One, um, I got engaged. And two, um, I spent the summer with my clinicals in a psychiatric hospital. And it was very eye-opening for me, um, for this Baptist girl. <laughs> um, I walked in and have y'all ever gone into a place before you just felt heaviness? and darkness and evilness. Um, I know there's been different times in my life that I've walked in somewhere and I felt that. And on the alternative, there's also been times that I feel the power of God and His presence so strong, it's so peaceful, and every worry that I could ever imagine is so far away. Well, the psychiatric hospital, I felt heaviness and evilness. And um, as I spent time there, I got to know a few of their uh, residents that were staying there getting treatment. What's really sad is they had a youth unit. And this girl, um, I'm going to say her name is Crystal because I just want to throw a name out there. <laughs> um, it's my name. <laughs> but um, she had had a very, very hard upbringing, and she was probably all of 15 years old. Um, she was taken advantage of by her grandfather and also by multiple of mom's boyfriends. And probably exposed to a lot of things that children shouldn't be exposed to in their home, in addition to what she had already endured, um, drugs and alcohol at a young age. I think probably before she was even 10, she was experimenting with drugs and alcohol. Um, And I think she probably used it as an escape from some of the terrible things that she was experiencing in her childhood which landed her to where she was that day, which is in a psychiatric hospital receiving treatment. And um, there was one thing that vividly stuck out to me is she stood up one day and she goes, we like being inside Crystal. Crystal is so much fun. And uh, then there was another girl, um, an older woman um, out of the youth unit, Um, she was telling me these voices, they won't stop talking to me. They're telling me to do terrible things. And um, she she pulled up her shirt and she had written a curse word, carved a curse word across her stomach. Um, And she said that, and it it was scarred. It had been there for years, all her life. And she said, the voices told me to do it. And um, it was very eye-opening and also very scary. And I would talk to Pastor Todd, I'd be like, this is a very scary place to be. I'm kind of, I'm I'm scared to be in there. And he's like, well, you don't have anything to be worried about because you have the Lord in you. Um, But, you know, demon possession is a real thing. Possession, oppression. Oppression is what I felt going in. I felt the spiritual heaviness. That's oppression. 
Possession is whenever the demons actually, Satan gets, takes hold and demons possess your body. And that's what I really believe I was dealing with in some of these people. Now, mental illness is truly a real thing. I struggle, struggle with anxiety and depression and I take medication for that. Um, and that, you know, God can heal me of, but I believe God created man and man created medic, medicine by allowing, by God's power. God allowed him to make medication to help treat people like me and people who are also mentally ill. But I think that a lot of times diagnoses can be thrown at people that aren't valid. I think that the, what we're trying to make it a human thing that we can see, that we think we can fix, but really what they really need is the Lord. Really kind of what I wanted Crystal to get across to you all is that we see, we've seen throughout history, we see throughout the Bible that demon possession is something that is happening uh, often. And then all of a sudden you get to the 20th century, uh, you get modern medicine, then all of a sudden it's not there anymore. But here's the problem. It's still there. We just don't like to acknowledge it. We like to put the supernatural in this nice, neat little box that we can control and we can understand but it's not that way. Darkness wants us to think that it's very simple. Darkness wants us to think that it's just a mental illness that with a little bit of medication you'll get over. But here's the problem. We have to understand that it's, it's alive and active because we have to fight against it. And guys, we have to understand that God is moving and active and a part of everything that we are today. And we have to acknowledge it for what it is. And if we try to put the supernatural things of God in this nice little elite, perfect box, it's not gonna work out for us. And so kind of what we're looking at today is we're looking at a story of the supernatural that went on that people didn't necessarily know what to do with. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to Luke chapter eight. We're gonna start in verse 26. Uh, I tried to come up with an awesome, pithy title for today, uh, and all I came up with was, was three observations in Luke 8, 26 through 39. Uh, I know that's, you're just blown away by that title. Um, so was I, but that's all I had. But I promise you, the meat of what God has to offer you later in the message will make up for the lack of a good title. Uh, so Luke chapter 8, verse 26, if you have your uh, Bible, you can turn to it. If not, download the Hope Church Cleburne app from Google Play or your app store. And you can follow along with me. So my first point is Satan comes against the church. Luke chapter 8, starting in verse 26. They sailed to the region, uh, which was across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by the demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had worn, not worn clothes or lived in a house, but he lived in the tombs. If you don't think the Bible has a sense of humor, it just told this dude is naked running around in a cemetery, okay? That's literally what it just told you, okay? So if you don't find humor in that, I don't know. Maybe you're not as uh, messed up in the head as me. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? <laughs> He's sitting here calling Jesus for who he is. I beg you, do not torture me. 
For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained, hand and foot, and kept under guard, he was, had broken his chains and had been driven by the demons into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus to re- repeatedly to not order them in, to go into the abyss. What we see in this passage is that demons feared the presence and the power of Jesus because they knew that his presence among them would result in changes that they were not ready for. Guys, what we have to understand is when the Spirit of God moves, when Jesus walks into a place, changes happen. Whether we want them to happen or not, changes will happen. But guys, we got to understand that Satan does everything he can to come against the work of God. And guys, I, I truly believe that Satan comes up against the church as hard as he possibly can. Now, the way that, that Satan comes against the church is, is not through, uh, it's not through means that are just way out in public, but he comes against the church through relation, our relationships with one another. He, he slips some things in our minds about one another that maybe aren't true, but we get upset about them. And then, then we turn against one another, and then our focus is only on each other, and then we forget that there's people out there that need him. And Satan is spending so much time getting us so frustrated with one another, so confused with one another, that we forget that we have a job to do. So guys, I'm, sell- I'm telling you today that if you give Satan an inch, he will take a mile. So don't give him any room in your life. You know, when it comes to the church, be quick to forgive and slow to anger. It's almost like that's in the Bible somewhere. I don't, I mean, y'all might have to look it up and double check me, but I, I think it's in there somewhere. Be quick to forgive, meaning be quick to give someone the benefit of the doubt and slow to anger. And so don't allow Satan to have any room in this church because, guys, I'm here to tell you, God has got something big for our church. God has got something big for us. He is moving us into some big things. And if we don't keep the focus on the right things, Satan will do whatever he can to knock us off the path. Number two, God has power over darkness. Luke 8. Verse 32, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. Guys, this is so funny. Uh, we go from a demon-possessed man who's naked running around in, in a uh, uh, cemetery to now there's a bunch of pigs on the side of the hill. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. Notice, what does that say? He gave them permission. They had to ask his permission to go into the pigs. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and and the herd rushed down a steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now, some some of the gospels say that the pigs jumped off a cliff into the water. So if you imagine that, so you go from a naked man in a cemetery, Jesus casts out the demons to the pig, they jump off a cliff into the water. If you think, yeah, yeah, that's where my head went, down the hill. (laughs) So if you don't believe that God has a sense of humor, look at this passage. But Jesus shows 
that he has mastery over the demonic. So what Jesus is showing us here is that everything that is evil in this world, everything that comes up against us has to ask permission from the one who has power over all. So what I'm saying to you today, guys, is there's nothing in your life that has power over you. The only one that has power is Jesus. So at the name of Jesus, every bad thing in your life has to flee. Why? Because he's in charge. So there is nothing that you face in your life that Jesus does not have power over. That's our shareable moment. I know that's not super, uh, you know, that's not a wordsmith there, but I, I wanted you to take this home with you, that there's nothing, nothing in your past, nothing in your future, nothing that's going on right now that Jesus doesn't have the power over. So don't just sit there and let it get all over you. Guys, we like to worry. We talked about this last week. We like to worry, but turn your worry over to the one that controls it all. I want to hang here for a minute, so I've rushed to my third point. Number three, we must not fear the supernatural because we do not understand it. We must not fear the supernatural because we do not understand it. Now, Jesus found the man, cast the demons out of him, put him in the pigs. The pigs are dead. What is the response of the people? When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man for whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got out of the boat, got into the boat, and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over the town how much Jesus had done for him. So guys, get this. This man had been plagued with demon possession all this time. Then suddenly Jesus cast out the demons. It's probably what they wanted all along. And when they got what they wanted, what did they do? They got mad and told Jesus to get the heck out of there. So guys, what, how God unfolded this, and, and we battled, I, I battled with this all Week. God, what are you trying to say? Then when I read this passage, all of a sudden God said, you put me in this nice little neat box. And then when my spirit comes and, and, and unveils all that I am to you and you can no longer control me, you get scared and you want nothing to do with it. But guys, what I'm saying to you is, is we have to be so open to the spirit of God that he can do whatever he wants to do and we can't get scared and run away. Now, what I'm saying to you, listen to this. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is weird, okay? I'm not saying that the ushers are going to come and bring out the snakes and we're going to start snake handling. I'm not saying that. I'm like Indiana Jones. Homie, don't do snakes, okay? Not at all. I won't even go to the snake. I won't even go to the snake house at the zoo. I can't do it. I, I get cold sweats and Crystal laughs at me. Uh, she's real compassionate. It's great. Um, <laughs> And I'm just sitting there holding the stroller going, don't look at the snakes, don't look at the snakes, don't look at the snakes. 
And my kids are like, Daddy, look, stick. Shut up, shut up. But what I'm saying is, guys, you, you may or you may not notice that when you walked into the church today, but we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the, the working and the power of the Holy Spirit. But we can't be afraid if God suddenly decides to show up and blow some things up in our lives. We can't say, listen, Jesus, that's enough of you. You get out of my town. That's what these guys said. Jesus, please heal the man. Now you healed him. Whoa, that's a little too much crazy for me. You get out of here. But we do that, don't we? Don't we do that? Like, Lord, I want all your spirit. Whoa, that's too much. Calm down, right? (laughs) So, guys, the workings of the Holy Spirit is not weird, but it'll blow your mind if you'll let it. Guys, it's when God shakes us to our knees. That's right where he wants us to be. If we're sitting there comfortable, if we can explain everything that goes on uh, in his presence, then he's not a very big God to serve. So guys, what I'm saying to you is that God is positioning us to be a spiritual figurehead for our city and for our county. God is wanting to use us to unleash his Holy Spirit to everyone around us. Because, you know, if we want to be a good church, okay, and good church, I'll use that in quotations, let's go and look and read the book of Acts. What did they do in the book of Acts? They worshiped the Lord, and they took the supernatural power of God and unleashed it on their community. And what happened? People were saved. So are we supposed to get excited? Woo, Lord, I'm so excited. I am a child of God. Grocery store. Nobody talked to this child of God, right? All right. When, when you talk to people at Walmart, I mean, they're probably like the demon-possessed man naked running around in the graveyard. Walmart sounds like Walmart to me. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest, okay? But if you're talking to somebody in the grocery checkout line at Walmart and they say, you know what? I have cancer. And I need God to heal me. What's our first reaction? I will pray for you in the future. You know what it should be? Let me pray for you now. Because guys, what would happen if God began to work his miracles in our town? What would happen if his Holy Spirit started showing up in the Walmart line and the checker got saved and everybody in the line got saved, right? Do you, think, do you think that would draw people to the Lord? I think it might, maybe a little bit. So what I'm saying to you guys is don't be afraid of what God can do for you. Just allow him to do it. Because like Crystal said, I mean, I grew up, I grew up in church, gripping the few in front of me. And if you swayed, man, you're going to hell, right? And I've seen that when people go after God in a supernatural way, he can really move in them. So what I want to challenge you today is with this. It's maybe God's a whole lot bigger than your understanding. Maybe God has so much more for us than we can explain with our theology. Now, I'm a theology guy. 
You know, I, I studied theology. But when we start to, as humans, tell God what he can do, he stops being God. Because he's so much bigger than us. And so much bigger than our understanding. Can I have another hour? I could preach on that like all day. <laughs> Spanish service would be mad at me. So what does it mean for us? I want to leave some time for the Holy Spirit to work. So I got some three questions for you. Number one, do you need to recognize the schemes of the devil and flee? Like Pastor Crystal said, you, you know, it, there's demon possession and deep, demon oppression. And I believe that there's many things in our lives that Satan is using to oppress us. Alcoholism, drug abuse, pornography, pedophilia. Guys, we are so confused as a nation. Guys, I'm praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for this election. Not because I'm worried about who's going to win, because let me get, let me spoiler alert, okay? Jesus already knows, and he already planned who was going to win. So don't worry too much about it, okay? Because it's in his plan anyway. Hopefully that makes you feel better. If it doesn't, ask God. Um, but what I'm saying to you guys is this, is I see in our nation, we elevate a level of nationalism, who we are as an American, over who we are in the kingdom of God. Because guys, if we care more about who we vote for and who our president is than who the king of all the world is, then that's idolatry. We cannot get confused. We have to understand what the church's place is. Our place is un to unleash all the works of God on our nation, not to dictate politics. Because, guys, I'm here to tell you, politics follows the move of God. If God's moving, the politicians will get with us, I promise, because they won't have any other choice. And so what I'm telling you guys is stop being, stop playing into the schemes of the devil. He wants to confuse us. He wants us to get us worried about things that we're not to worry about. Jesus has already elected the next president and the president after and the president after until America no longer exists. And you know what? He's in control, not you. So don't worry about it. I don't know who that was for, but it's for somebody. Number two, do you need Jesus to break the chains that hold you down? Guys, I know that there's some of you here today that there's some junk holding you back. Whether it be from health, whether it be addiction. Guys, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the word alcoholism. You may think that you don't have a problem, but everybody around you goes, dude, you need to chill. Guys, God is saying to you today, that there's nothing in your life that can hold you back. So stop letting it. Lay it all at his feet today. So number three, as Pastor Mo comes back, do you need to give God the freedom to unleash his supernatural power in your life? So if you were with us last week, I'd like to kind of do what we did last week. 
And God, God moved in the first service, and I know he's going to move in this service, so I want, to give, I want to give him the freedom to do that. And the way we do that is we get out of the way. And so what I want you guys to do here in just a moment is I want you to take an atmosphere of submission or a, a posture of submission. I want us to stay seated and I want us to stay prayerful and allow God's spirit to just kind of wash over us. Now, prayer team, would you get up and go ahead and get in place, please? The prayer team is gonna be here. And by all means, guys, I'm here to tell you, if, if God is moving you this morning that you wanna get up and you wanna pray with these people, don't wait, go. In fact, if God is moving you so much now that you need to go and pray, Go and do it right now. That's okay. Don't worry about what I'm saying. Just go. But what God is saying to us today is that he wants to shake some things loose in us. Guys, I'm hearing in this place today that God is saying to someone, today is your day of salvation. Stop trying to explain all the things of God and just give your heart to him. And he's saying to you today, we'll just figure it out together. You don't have to have all the answers before you give your heart over to me. We'll figure it out together. Guys, there's, here to, there's people here today that are struggling with addictions. I want you to receive prayer for that. There's people today that are struggling with health concerns, that are struggling with finances. God is saying to you today, I can break those chains in a supernatural way. Don't be scared. I can do it. You just have to put your full faith in me. So in just a minute, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. And I, guys, I just want you to stay seated. I want you to stay prayerful. And as the Lord leads you, I want you to step out. If someone, if you need prayer, we've got two people on the back, two people on the front. If we need more, we'll get more. And as I'm praying, if God is speaking to you, I want you to just move and go to one of those people. Now, I know that there's people in here that God is speaking to. If God has given you a word to speak to someone, I want you to go do it. As I'm praying, don't, don't wait. Allow God to use those giftings through you and unleash them on those around us. So let's pray. Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would just begin to release your supernatural presence on us. Because as the church, as the, the church of the New Testament era, we have the gifts to heal us, the gifts to fix what is broken in our lives. So, Lord, I pray that you would just begin to move in us today. Lord, I pray that you would just release your spirit on us today. Lord, I pray that chains would be broken. I pray that people would be set free from bondages. And they would no longer be held back from what you've called us to do. So as Pastor Mo sings, I want you to just stay in an atmosphere of submission. If God is speaking to you today, go out and pray with somebody Maybe God has released a word on you. I want you, to, I want you to speak that over someone and allow the Spirit to begin to work in us.